Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We're so glad to have you here today, and I'm excited to ha- introduce you to a new friend. So Zach Workin is our guest today. Zach is a student ministry specialist with LifeWay Students, Hey-o. which means he's what, a pastor to student pastors? Is that what we said? Uh, that are just a big fan of youth pastors. I love student ministry leaders, and so uh, the work that I get to do online and in person around the country is support, encourage, and learn from them. So uh, super excited uh, to just be with you here today. Chuck, I love what you're doing, and for our listeners, uh, if you like Chuck, I feel like we're wired the same way, so it's either going to be a lot of their favorite or just too much. <laughs> well, if they're still listening already, I think we got them, Zach. We got them. <laughs> We've, so uh, we're, you know, not everybody is an Enneagram person, but for those who are, you know, you may, you may be aware that those who are sevens, type sevens are the enthusiast. And I happen to be one of those. I'm enthusiastic about pretty much everything. And honestly, if I can't be enthusiastic about it, I'm not interested in it at all. That's right. So Zach, are you, you're an enthusiast as well? I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm first to a lot of things and usually the last to finish things because I'm just excited about a lot of things at once. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to do a lot of stuff. Because honestly, from my perspective, you know, it's not so much what I'm doing right now that I'm excited about. It's the other things that I could be doing right now. That's right. That That's I'm right. already thinking about. So. My interest portfolio is very diverse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to diversify, right? That's man, it, man. Some people, That's honestly, they're, everybody's wired different. So again, whether or not you're into the Enneagram stuff or not, what I love about, um, what, I, what I've learned from that is, man, God has made everybody a unique individual and yeah. he's gifted everyone differently. It's fun to see how we can all come together uh, as the body, I mean, what a beautiful picture, right? Mm. Where not everybody's an ear, a nose, an elbow, or whatever, sure. but we all are, are parts of a body. And so it's cool um, that everybody's gifted differently. Uh, there are a lot of people in my life, my wife, um, the people I work with, uh, Jana Magruder, who I co-lead with, who are different personality types than me. And I'm so glad yeah. Because if everybody was like you and me, Zach, the world would be a really boring place. An exciting yeah, right. place, but a boring one. Exciting, but probably a little unfinished. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe not the most productive, <laughs> but highly enthusiastic. That's right. But We're all man, having a good so time. Good, so good for us to have a, a variety of different personality types in our, in our world and around mm. us. We absolutely need people who offset our weaknesses that's with right. their strengths. And so that's great. But it's also fun, dude, to have somebody else who's a little bit of like a kindred spirit in that mm, way. You know, when you meet right. somebody who is like you, you're like, oh, man, I just like this person. Well, so I'm we relatively new people. to the Lifeway family. So I've, I've only been there less than a year and a half. So I've been 15 months in. And so I just know when you and I first met, I was like, Chuck is my guy. <laughs> uh, we were wired the same. And uh, if everyone who need to pick me up, uh, man, you're the one for it. And so just thankful for you, the work that you do, the way that you lead and the energy you bring and energize to your team and to others. And so, man, thanks again for the invitation today. Man, thank you, Zach. That's a huge compliment coming from you because I feel the same. Uh, so it's, it's, um, I mean, from the first time I met you, I thought, man, I really like Zach. I wonder why. And now I know because we're the same person. (laughs) Anyhow, we, one of the things that's, that's cool about this connection is we, we're, uh, you're in the student space. I'm in the kids space and, uh, within the church, kids and student leaders don't often come together Mm. in a way where there's this great chemistry. Uh, and I wish that we had that more in the church. I think, you know, sometimes there are barriers to that by, 
gender or stage of life or age or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but but there's something that's really special and valuable when we can build bridges between kids ministry and student ministry so that we can find shared passions yes. and shared uh, mission and vision. And that's what I wanted to talk with you about today. Uh, I really want to hear from you and have you talk to our audience, which is all kids ministry leaders, about how how can we make friends across mm. this gap between kids and students? You know, we're often in different buildings. We meet at different times. Um, kids are just very different when they're in second or third grade than they are when they're in ninth or 10th grade. But there is uh, a connection that, that we're better together if we can build that connection. It's true. I mean, Chuck, I would just start uh, by telling your folks that are listening, thank you so much for the work that you do. Uh, I am the son of a 25-year-plus volunteer children's minister. Uh, my mom has been doing kids' ministry in VBS and taking her, toting her kids to work in the yeah, summer mom. times. Uh, mom, mom is awesome. Uh, mama working is awesome. And so a heart for kids' ministry, uh, both in the planning prep. We had cardboard cutouts and carnival games stored in our, our house and attic uh, for various fall festivals and VBS fun nights. And so uh, love, value, and have experienced firsthand the amount of work that kids' ministry is. Yeah. Uh, and so just thank you for all of that. Uh, I, I would share, and this is not a secret. Uh, we talk about it openly, but maybe sometimes uh, it's not spoken loudly. It's whispered. The greatest gift uh, to trying to grow a healthy student ministry comes from a healthy kids ministry. Yeah. Like that is like the number one, like there's a lot of things that student ministers are trying to do to do student ministry well, but the path of least resistance to a healthy and growing student ministry is a healthy and growing kids ministry. And so yeah. no matter whatever else we say, just know that your work and the ways in which you care for, love kids and their families is immediately felt and maybe not always expressed well enough, but gratitude and grateful uh, in the realm of student ministry. Like the kids that are well versed in scripture, the, the kids that are excited about participating in community events and church programs and like have a, like a passion for leadership and yeah. feeling called to ministry, like so much of those seeds take hold in kids ministry and in student ministry it's a lot of that rooted work for those seeds to germinate and take hold and so uh, one thank you for that and two know that on behalf of your student minister whether or not they know how to say it they see it and they yeah. are so grateful for healthy and growing kids ministry because it really is a partnership it's, it's a baton passing it is one from yes. one chapter to the next and if there should be any two people that work really closely at the church it should be those that lead the student and kids ministry because the formational cycle of humans, so yeah. much happens between kindergarten and 12th grade, 100%. Yeah, totally. And as we, you know, also beyond that, as we look at ministering to the whole family, there are many, many families who have one child or more in kids and another child or more in the student ministry at the same church. And so to the family, if it can feel like this is all one one yes. church rather yeah. than, uh, you know, we use that word silos, we can be siloed and isolated sure. from one another in our strategy, in our philosophy, in the activities that we do, in the way that we approach study, our culture. If we can mm -hmm. get on the same page with any one or multiple of those areas, it's so much more unified and cohesive for the family. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think that's probably the thing that... Um, 
I, I don't know if we're ever going to quickly remedy if there is silo separation or uh, disalignment, misalignment yeah. uh, through technique. I think one of the things that we're going to win or one of the ways in which we're going to win is relationships yes. uh, with the relationships you already have. And so for kids ministry leaders listening, your youth minister knows how to win when they have relationships. Often what doesn't happen is a transfer of relationships. And if I can be really maybe like whisper secret with you, yeah. um, because they don't know who or how to talk to parents or yeah. kids in elementary school. Like, so I just, like, if that's a sixth grade for you or a seventh grade for you, like whenever that transfer point is, uh, a lot of them don't know where to start or maybe who to talk to. The greatest gift that you can give, especially if you are someone who is maybe older or more experienced in ministry, is help your youth minister know who to talk to. They are probably excellent in conversation. They're probably super fun to be around, but yeah. if they don't know where to go or who to talk to, that's the gift. You need to talk to Mr. Johnson. You need to make sure that the Peters family, uh, you know, they would love to have coffee with you. Set up those connection points, especially with the parental folks, uh, because student ministers love and thrive inside of relationships when and where they know how or when they're allowed to do so. I think some of the most powerful stories that we've heard in student ministry are those like transition or transfer Sundays or months leading up from one ministry to the next, where it is a, a baton almost passing ceremony or service because yeah. they didn't know where to kind of make their inroad, help create the on-ramp. And I promise you, they will find a way to fill it uh, because yeah. they want to win. They want to succeed. They want to have those relationships. They're just not sure beyond like the cold stop end of like, this is the last week, this is the first week where to make their inroads. And so that I think is probably mm -hmm. the the biggest way you can help is not, hey, we ought to do ministry the same way, right. but help chart the relationships for the ways in which students can get connected from not just the last Sunday that you might have them and the first Sunday they might have them, but maybe even as fourth or fifth or fifth or sixth graders. I love totally. the churches that have those like junior high or mid high thoughtful ministries to help make that curve, take that yes. corner, make that jump. It's so really important. Well, we've been in and now we've all are in a different context. Uh, you know, with, with many different churches that are out there, we each have our own church culture that's unique to wherever we are. And they're not all the same, but there are some patterns that emerge that kind of are similar. One of those patterns, I think, is that we sometimes lose kids and families in the gap between they've been faithful and loyal and long time through kids ministry. And when it's time to move up, they drop out or they move to a different church. And it could be that there's a church across town who has a vibrant student ministry and, and they appeal to leaving to go over there to find that. But a lot of times, I think if we could uh, tighten up the gap a little bit, we could, yeah. we could preserve families and keep them within our church if we can get a little bit on the same page with each other. Yes, 100%. Communication, same, like, and this again, we, we don't have to mimic each other's strategy. There are techniques and strategies that are going to be different for the ways in which elementary school students, middle school or high school students uh, are equipped or receive programming or maybe even communicated to. Yeah, but I and think we, and for the life of the family and parent, like that, that's the thing that we can really come behind. Like, so yeah. case in point, if I can share uh, yeah. from the trenches story, um, in a church that I served previously, um, the children's minister was as relational as I was. And it was like an asset to our team that we both like 
knew every parent and every family, first name basis, very connected. Yeah. But she was text driven in all of her communications, and everything that we did was email driven. Right. Uh, so there, there until like almost it took it took a year and a half that should not have taken a year and a half to realize that we would send out the same quantity of information, but because she would In send it through ways. various like mm -hmm. not even like a group messaging service, but like she had like like 30 groups of 10 in her, it was, it was all again, highly personalized and yeah. highly individualized messaging uh, that folks just felt like they had heard from her for these last three years, even though we were sending, you know, one and a half to two emails a week, we just never helped them get in the right communication channel yeah. uh, because we were doing things our own way, but it wasn't for lack of care and relationship is that we didn't communicate across our channels. And it's a really important yes. piece of not just, knowing what you're up to, but how you're doing ministry in a way that impacts the connectivity and the community building and relationships from one ministry to the next. Totally. And so stuff like that is so valuable. If we can just agree on how we're going to message our families, yeah. that right there can, can take a lot of stress out of the situation for parents and for kids uh, so that we don't have them churn out in the, or fall out in the gaps. Yeah, right. it's a great example. Great example. So you, you mentioned a word, uh, I don't know, a minute or two ago that I wanted to pick up on as we talk about, you know, this, first of all, relationship. Mm. Um, we don't, we don't necessarily have to do ministry the same way. In fact, arguably we shouldn't. Kids ministry and student ministry need to be distinct from one another. Yeah. Those kids are at different places in life. They have different needs. Um, for how we approach our study in application and whatever else. But the importance of communication between kids leaders and student leaders, if you are have any kind of separation in your church, the place to start isn't with coming with an agenda of, of your whole list of, of places we need to agree. It's really to start a conversation, right? It's how do we, and how do we begin that? Zach, if I'm a kids leader and I feel like I have, I don't have a good relationship with my student pastor, how do I begin that? What's what's a good way to start that connection? So so one of the things, and maybe this comes from some of my own personal wiring, is there's probably a space to have a meeting that's not a meeting. Uh, and I think that's one of the things, at least, um, and we would say it back the other way from student ministry to kids ministers that are feeling the same divide, the yeah. same separation, is how well do you know them as a person? Right. Uh, I think I think the the important work of church leadership that may be unique. Again, I haven't spent a lot of time in the business world, but is that we should strive to know the the people that we're working with as full persons. Yes. Um, this is not just a coworker. This is a brother or sister in Christ. Um, I care about your spouse. I care yeah. about your kids. And so if I don't know some of those details in your story, set up the coffee, the meeting, the lunch, it can be at church. It can be on campus, but don't make it the office meeting. Don't make it the staff meeting that everybody's at. Make it right. a focus and intentional meeting to learn what's going on in their lives. Because if you know that their spouse is going through grad school and they've got two little kids at home, yeah. that's going to help you rethink the ways in which they're only responding to communication through very like formal, like business hour channels, right? Like, yeah. oh, no wonder they don't message back until the next day. Well, it's just, that's their schedule of life. Or if you find out that like, 
man, the, you, you know, you're taking care of a parent who's, you know, ailing or elderly in your home. And so that's why you're always in and out of the office because you have to go to a lot of doctor's appointments. Like there's just little pieces like that that help kind of explain some of the story. And so I think if you don't know them on a deeply personal level, it's going to be hard to have the kind of empathy you need on a professional level, uh, especially because man, most cases we're working at kind of a lateral uh, leadership level, right? Like most, unless you're in a situation where it's like a next gen minister is overseeing, most kids and youth ministers are functioning at the same uh, level on the food chain, right? Like right, right. <laughs> we're both probably reporting to somebody and maybe even the same somebody. <laughs> so it be. has to be collegial, right? Like we have to find ways to actually care about each other or else we're going to end up competing with each other. Yes. And that's, and that's a caution for all of us, right? Because what, what f- that word competition can sometimes look like we're complete competing for space in the building. If we, if we have a gym yeah, or a venue, yeah. we want a student event there the same night as a kid banquet or whatever that is. Or we the night before into the next day. The That's always a fun day, call. You right. Clean up. You made a mess. <laughs> I have to use this space and you guys left it trashed. All of that stuff, but it all starts with communication. Yeah. And I love that you drew a distinction between personal and professional. It needs to be personal first. Yeah. Because if it's all business, it's going to feel cold and, yep. and it's not well informed by the heart. Guys, let's be people of the heart first. Yeah. And when we get to know, again, from experience, when we get to know the heart of the person and the other ministry area, all the, the details suddenly make a lot more sense when we understand the why behind what's happening. A hundred percent. Yeah. So we've got to get personal first. That's great. Great advice. So communicate. Then I have, I like things that start with the same letter. Okay. So the three, like in my mind, the three things I would suggest that, that a kid's person might need to do with their student would be communicate, coordinate, and find ways to collaborate. Mm, so we're talking okay. about like sharing spaces and not competing. I think of that as coordinate. So yep. it's kind of, it's an extension of communication along the lines of saying, hey, what are you doing? What's on your calendar? Yeah. What are we doing? How can we not interfere with each other? And, and then later, the collaborate is really more like, how can we help each other? Together. Well, I think to the coordinate effort, Chuck, that's one of the things um, that I would just share. If you are a children's ministry planning kind of person, um, treat your student ministry staff and leaders uh, as a first family amongst your ministry, that they're mm. getting the earliest emails and invites and awareness and announcements about when stuff is happening in your ministry, even if they don't have an elementary or preschool kid in your ministry. Yeah. Let them know when the lock-in is or when the uh, the boys' party or girls' party is. Like, Let them know when the graduation dates are for things. They don't have to come to all of them, but if they know that you've got your biggest event planned, the week before or after, but just that there should be a coordination. Yes, staff wide for things, but the personal touch that like I get kids mailers, even though I don't have kids in elementary, makes yeah. me feel included in a part of what's going on because and they aware. want to cheer for you, and they don't know how to cheer for you yeah. unless they've been informed by what to cheer for. And I think that's just just again, and would say the same thing to our student ministry folks that like you should send camp announcements, invites to your children's ministry staff and leaders, even if in staff meeting they mark down yes the third week in june is yeah. student camp week add them to it and then if there's reports or celebrations like it costs nothing to just add them into 
the awareness and updates of what's going on so that we can make sure and have coordinated plans for the ways in which things are going on to be both in prayer strategy for each other, yes. um, but also in celebration. I think that's something that will help contribute towards collaboration is like, I knew that you had the thing. Yes. I couldn't come to the whole deal, but I showed up at the beginning. Like th those are the easiest wins on both sides, right? Totally. Like showing up the day the bus leaves for camp and cheering for them, praying for them, and then yeah. going home. <laughs> Well, like it's okay. so little, but it's such a big deal. Yeah. A huge deal. And how cool, how cool is it when you envision that relationship between a kid's minister and a student minister where the, 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 those kids are all going to move up to student ministry. Yeah. So if that's, they're only going to get older. Kids are only right. going to get older. If it that happens student every year. leader <laughs> can begin to have some sort of presence yeah. at those kids events, even if it's small, you know, they're, they're going to be there serving pizza at the party, uh, yep. or they're going to, they're going to, whatever that is, do the, do some announcements. Or, so that, that, that student leader is not a stranger when it's time to make transition. That's maybe that student leader has a role at VBS. Maybe some students, some high school students may be able to serve in the parking lot or at the rec games, find ways to coordinate and collaborate on some of that. Likewise, most of the kids who are in student ministry probably just left the kids ministry. Yeah. And so for that kids minister to not just disappear, right. but to be there as a chaperone or to be there at the movie night or to show up once in a while to help serve pizza at the party, that kids minister can now have a continued influence into students. So yeah. I love when there's crossover like that. That's intentional yeah. crossover. Well, and again, a lot of that comes from a coordinated effort of not doubling up on each other unless you planned it, right? Sometimes there is a key plan, like we're going to do, you know, both age-graded things, but a lot of us often either share volunteers or at least pulling from the same pool of volunteers. Yeah. Um, so the coordination really matters. And it's what you're saying, Chuck. So for our third C of collaboration, yeah. creating opportunities to help each other. Like, I think that's something that... Um, that shouldn't be the like the last stop on the journey. But for some of us, we haven't made the first two stops yet. So yeah. collaboration feels forced. But if I care about you, I know what's going on. It creates chances for me to say, hey, I know you have your big thing this weekend, Chuck. Well, how, how can I help? What can I do? Yeah. And you may say nothing or you may say, man, I am one driver short. You don't have to do anything other than get these kids on a van to incredible pizza and back, but I could really right. use your help. And so again, it's the team building. It's the effort that's not just mandated from, Hey, boss man said, senior pastor said, executive pastor yes. said, but looking for ways to truly and genuinely support each other. Uh, my favorite thing to do when I served the church in Tulsa that I was serving at was play midnight barista. Whenever they would have the fifth grade girls or guys lock in, they'd all come back from whatever movie or event. I'd make coffee for all of the volunteer leaders, and then I'd go home. That was it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> It right. was the best 40 minutes. We'd make <laughs> coffee drinks for the leaders. I'd high-five all of them and say, I'm so glad you're here doing this and doing the lock-in for the kids, and then I'd bounce and be out. My kids were already in bed and asleep. I didn't have to stay up all night, but it was a way to be visible yep. and to be helpful in a very specific way that, again— the, the turn off, the, the, the trade off was my kids minister was always one of my best people to help make sure that we had like the driving fleet that we needed to get to camp and back because all those moms had SUVs and they were ready to help in that totally. specific way. <laughs> Culture beats strategy. We know it, right? Because we can all be strategic about what we should do. And that's that professional side of it. Yeah. The culture is what makes it personal. It's yep. when it's a natural uh, overflow of the friendship we have, of the partnership we feel. All right. So we've got communicate, 
coordinate, collaborate. And you mentioned another C and I wrote it down. We are, we are adding a fourth C today, Zach. Let's do it. <laughs> it's the C4. The fourth one is celebrate. You've, mm. you've already talked a little bit about that, but it is worth coming back to you guys. We need to be for each other. Yeah. And when we see something good happening in another area, we don't need to be threatened by that. No. We need to figure out how we can support each other by yeah. celebrating wins across the board. Love it. Chuck, that's, that's what I got, man. And I'm excited to uh, and just encourage and say to you as a model in our relationship by saying, man, I am so thankful for your friendship, uh, for our meetings this week in the midst of getting this recorded at the end of the week to say that there's some really good things happening at Lifeway Kids. And I'm excited to hear about them from you and through you uh, and to champion and cheer on what's going on in your ministry world as we're bridging things together too. Man, likewise, right back at you. We talked earlier on the phone today, Zach, before we even decided to make a podcast. Just for, again, for the listeners modeling this, I just hadn't heard from you in a while. We hadn't talked. And so I'm just like, hey, can we hop on the phone? We texted a little bit. You're like, I'm sitting in a car repair shop getting a windshield That's fixed. Right. And I'm like, dude, it's a great time to talk. <laughs> yep. So we just jumped on the phone and we caught up for 10 minutes. You know, And that, that 10 minute conversation leads into a longer discussion about something deeper and more meaningful. And so, dude, I'm so thankful to have you on the team. I appreciate your passion. Enthusiasm is contagious. And whatever you have is contagious as mm. leaders. Whatever we have is going to spill out and infect everyone around us. So, mm. man, I appreciate your enthusiasm, Zach, your passion for what you do. And we are, we are blessed to have you on the team. So, man, it's, you've been here for over a year, I know, and you're in Oklahoma and we're sitting in Nashville or I am. But yep. man, I think that, you know, again, the, the partnership that we can have between kids and students is such an important one uh, within Lifeway, but really within the church. And so Amen. to our leaders, to our listeners, guys, go out and take take the first step. Don't yes. wait for someone to reach out to you. You initiate the coffee. You initiate the lunch, uh, the text, the phone call. Make it personal. Get to know each other. Learn each other's passions. And then let's communicate, coordinate, collaborate, and celebrate one another Amen. as we partner together to serve kids and families. Man, thank you, Zach. Thanks, thank Jack. you, right. producer Trey. He's quiet today, but he's out there, guys. Thank you, Trey, for the work you do. And TG listeners, got us. We got him. And listeners, thank you for listening. Guys, join us again next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.